It's your boy. <laughs> we are here, people. Friday night. About to be 10 o'clock. The music's pumping in the background. Things are rolling. So that must mean only one thing. You are listening to Les Submissions and Les Slashors Podcast. Yo, I am your host, the one and only Twitch stream rolling, Instagram scene. You know the topic, and then I don't want anything to do with it. Those topics did create an overall theme for the show, which is the theme of conformity. So when we look at conformity, I know a lot of people have certain views and ideas of what they think is conformity, and I'm sure it's correct. It's one of those words that's really not that hard to define. It's something that's been placed in front of us for such a long time that you can see it instantly when it's put right in front of you. But the overall goal with the theme of it in today's show is just to really address how there's been things that people have done for eons, for a long, long amount of time. One of the big news stories from the past week in regards to the movie world was the return of Bill and Ted, right? And how so many people thought the movie was going to be terrible. And I haven't seen it yet, but it seems as if a lot of people are enjoying the film. Are they really enjoying the film because it's that good? Or is it more just propaganda enough out there to get everyone to agree that it's good? Well, I'd be questioned if some of the people that are even giving reviews on it have actually seen the movie or have actually even seen the first two films. Now, I'm not trying to say there's some validity there. You know, that's just that snob inside of me that's going to always come out on my podcast. But I think what I want us to really focus on and think about set an intention, if you may, while we listen to tonight's podcast, is really start to think about how we've been interviewing all these different talents from these horror films that are not necessarily bringing anything new to the equation. On tonight's show, we interview Hawk and Rev for their film, Hawk and Rev Vampire Slayer, uh, Ryan and Ari, as you guys are going to get to know them as. Great interview. Two amazing guys, super blessed to talk to them and really, really just, you know, locked in to the discussion. So we're going to be talking to those guys in tonight's show. And of course, we're going to be running a good 30 minutes on the interview. Now, the interview um, did have some technical problems, of course. Uh, so we got a 21 minute interview, and then another seven minutes. So um, there's essentially going to be three breaks, even though we're breaking it up in two parts. 
But don't worry, you guys are just listening. You don't have to do anything except for the normal stuff that I tell you to do, which is just sit back, pour yourself something, roll up something, whatever you need to do to get in that right mindset as we sit here and think about conformity and think about vampires. And I think you guys will like a lot of the stuff that we have to talk about in the interview. And it's also one of the most compelling parts of the interview um, had to do with the fact that Ryan's family had already been living in a lifestyle similar to what we are all experiencing now with the pandemic, before the pandemic, and how kind of, you know, he was prepared for this which is what we're seeing the opposite of pretty much everywhere else. But I'm not going to get into that. I mean, we we had the episode about the mass. We we we've talked so much at length about the the things that this country is doing right and is doing wrong in regards to the pandemic. We've touched base on a little bit more political stuff which we will also jump into tad bit more once we get closer to the elections but for right now we're still rolling through so much horror movie news folks as we come up on the first 10 minutes i got so much stuff to talk to you guys about on this show including this interview bellator is going on right now you got the leota machida phil davis 2 fight going on and we got some bellator news to talk about later with those guys as they are now going to be heading to CBS Sports, which is very, very interesting. Um, and we're going to talk about that right when we come back. We got some music tonight from this group called Once Upon a Flat Time, which is like a theater hardcore group that likes to take the elements of horror movies and uh, folklore storytelling and add those into their uh, hardcore metal sound. Um, and then, like, of course, like I told you, we got the Hawk and Rev Vampire Slayer interview. For you guys to listen to, we're going to be previewing the main card of the ladies that are taking over for the UFC tomorrow. That's Angela Hill, Michelle Waterson, two amazing individuals um, that are going to be headlining now this UFC card on Saturday. We're going to be talking about the film Possessor because I got a chance to watch it. Now, I won't be giving any spoilers, but there is a couple things that I'll talk about as we lead up to the film being released in October. So you're going to get a little re- little, little glimpse, not a review, just a little glimpse. Um, there's this amazing French film called Anonymous Animals. I can't wait to talk to you guys about a film called The Devil's Pay. Can't, talk, can't wait to talk to you guys about and so on and so on. But, you know, we only got an hour. And now that we're at the first 10 minutes, what we're going to do is we're going to jump into some music. And then we're going to talk about that CBS sports deal and what's going on on that Bellator card right now before we jump into that Hawk and Rev interview. So what we got for you guys tonight is this theatrical rock horror group called Once Upon a Flatline. Now, they just released a brand new music video for their song For the Wretched of the Earth. We have not only the video on our website right now for you guys to check out at Horror Movies Uncut. We're going to play the song for you guys on here. We're also going to play a couple more of their songs as they kind of become the bed of the show. So Once Upon a Flatline 
We're going to give you guys a little bit more info about the band, but we're just like, as they say in the press release, just looking forward to getting all you guys Halloween ready. So I think you guys will like a little bit of this on what you have to hear. This song by Once Upon a Flatline is called For the Wretched Earth. This is a New York rock band. One of the main things that's different about these guys is they actually are part of the hardcore metal scene there, but they have their own little kind of special way of going with it. They're a six-piece post-hardcore band. They love artistic elements, dedicated to keeping up with their motif of storytelling. The band is inspired to have each musical release be concept-driven and tell a story. So we got Once Upon a Flatline for you guys to listen to right now. When we come back, we'll be talking about what's going on in that Bellator Davis versus Machida two card and what's going on with their CBS deal that they just signed. And then we'll be jumping into that Hawk and Rev interview. But for right now, Once Upon a Flatline for the Wretched Earth here on the Submissions and Slashers podcast. We'll be right back, folks.
That is Once Upon a Flatline. We got some more music coming from those guys a little bit later. I hope you enjoyed what you hear. Nice little combination there between a man and a lady getting their sing on and the screaming. And um, yeah, I would be curious to see this group live. It seems like one of the groups that you would want to check out live. All right. So as mentioned earlier, we got a little bit of Bellator news to jump into right off the bat. So. I was telling you guys um, that we got this Bellator fight going on right now. Uh, we got the return of Kat Zingano. Do you guys remember Kat Zingano when she fought Ronda Rousey? And it was this huge, big thing. Um, trying to check out what's going on in the fight right now. She's fighting Gabby Holloway. Gabrielle Holloway's been around the MMA circuit, professional women's circuit for a while. She's a heavy hitter. Um, I've watched her and cover her fights in Invicta, things like that. So, um, not a easy matchup for the return for Kat Zingano by any means. Um, a lot of people remember she had that terrible knee uh, injury that had happened to her that kept her out of the sport for a while. Um, there were questions and doubts because she's always had some demons that she's had to fight with. So I'm very, very excited to see her uh, back in the cage. Um, earlier, um, Taylor Johnson made his debuted to Bellator and got a first round submission via heel hook on Ed Ruth. And if you know anything about Bellator and what's been going on with those guys in the past five to six years, then you know guys like Ed Ruth. Um, there, He's one of these guys from that kind of lineage of wrestlers that they had found, like Aaron Pico and all those guys that they were really trying to prop up to, to kind of carry Bellator into the future and show that they could develop their own talent very similar to what the UFC does. Um, I know you guys are probably very familiar, all my MMA fans out there, that recently even Dana White came out and said that, you know, other companies just cannot develop talent like the UFC can. Um, as a guy who has an a, a athlete who is fighting for the UFC, um, I have my own thoughts about that. Uh, and maybe I'll let those be known, but it's not about me. Uh, in regards to that lifestyle. So I will keep those to myself. Uh, but I am happy to announce that Bellator did sign a nice little TV deal with CBS Sports Network. And they're going to be kicking everything off on Thursday. Thursday. I like that. I love that this is a Thursday, especially if there's no college football really going on. 
Bellator 247, live from Milan, Italy. You're going to have that. And then on the 15th, Bellator is going to be back with the return of Chris Cyborg. And she's going to be fighting against one of my real good friends. Actually, both of these ladies are friends and, and are amazing women as well that I've been covering since they've been in the game. Arlene Blincow, uh, the, the Australian assassin. Um, she's going to be fighting against Cyborg in one of the biggest fights in her career. And I'm going to try my hardest to reach out to Arlene because I haven't talked to her for a while. Or I might even reach out to the champ, see if I can talk to them. Um, Because I would love to talk to one of these ladies uh, as we look forward to Bellator kicking off on CBS Sports. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm very, very happy to see Bellator on CBS Sports because CBS Sports is a legit network. I was a fan of Titan when they were able to be on there. Um, It's available in so many more households. As I'm watching Dazzin right now, I have no problem with the zone. Um, It is definitely a very, very well uh, created network. Um, I love the fact that you have so many different types of boxing fights. There's other combat sports that you can find on there. The soccer stuff is weird on here, but very welcomed at the same time. So, um, yeah, I'm not mad is what I can say at the channel, uh, even though you do have to pay for it. But for Bellator... For Bellator, I am happy to see them return to a larger platform like CBS Sports Network, because if you are going to be able to compete against someone like the UFC and be able to stay relevant, as great as Paramount might be and and the things that they're able to do, um, CBS is is top of the shelf. So it's nice to see Bellator on there. And now the CBS Sports Network isn't always looked at by many as a desirable place to be. But if you're a fan of any collegiate sports whatsoever, I know you're big on CBS Sports. And if you're a fan of previous companies like Titan uh, and things like that, World Series of Fighting did a great job living on NBC Sports. Um, And Bellator is a better promotion. So... Uh, I think they'll do well on there. And I'm looking forward to that being a very, very long partnership that'll actually have the ability to compete with the UFC. Will it ever? I'm not so sure, but I think it will have the ability. All right. So we'll chime back in when we get finished with our interview as we're coming up on the first half an hour. It's perfect timing to talk about what we got in store for you guys right now. Okay, so as I mentioned earlier, we've been doing all this amazing coverage, right, of these film festivals because it's virtual now, so we can watch them at home. You have TIFF that's kicking off right now. Fantasia just ended. Grimfest just ended. Uh, Fantastic Fest is starting up at the end of the month. Uh, Stages and all these other film festivals in other countries are also going to be kicking off as we roll into the end of September into October. So a lot of these guys are on the same schedule, but the accessibility has become so much better for many of us writers and critics because now we don't have to worry about the taking off of the time from work, the hotels, the extra expenses. Because let's be honest, a lot of this stuff is on our dime. Um, 
while there are certain parties that have paid for our services in regards to writing and things like that, we know most of the things that we have to do to keep our business afloat um, involves making sure you're diligent on your day-to-day tasks to draw some type of revenue stream, right? Whether that's freelance work or whatever it is you're doing. So it's to a point right now where I think while I'm sure we, you know, we all of course will miss that face-to-face meetups with friends that we only see at conventions or at film festivals and being able to meet everybody there live and be able to speak to all the directors live and be able to sit there and watch these on the big screens. Um, Good friend, Heather Buckley, one of the top um, writers in the editorial field in horror today, she was complaining on Twitter about some other type of resource to use because she's sick and tired of watching these films on her laptop. And and I told her she's preaching to the choir. Like we all feel that way. Um, While we're so thankful that we have access to all these movies, it's not great watching them on your Mac or on your tablet or your phone or whatever the case might be. You want to watch these, if even if you're in the comfort of your own home, on your larger televisions. Um, now, one of the things that I'll say is, similar to the film that we're going to talk about here, Hawk and Rev, this screener, like many in the independent film fest, uh, in the independent horror world, is sent to me with Vimo links. Vimo is a beautiful platform because. I can have it on my Apple TV. I can have it on my Roku. I can have it on a Fire Stick. I can have it on the laptop, the tablet, the phone. It's a great app to use. And as long as you have the correct passwords for whatever screen protected stuff you get, you're able to watch your movies. I implore every single studio out there to either create an app that you can utilize to a have people rent your movies. So like I'm thinking of a company like magnet releasing and you can add IFC and all these guys into the mix too, because I love them all and they all have amazing films and I'm so thankful that I get these films. But why not go down the route of Artipusolition or um, Dark Star Films or any of these other companies that are out there right now, Sabin Films, that are actually creating Vimo links for us writers, critics, columnists to use because it's for multiple platforms. So that means we can watch it anywhere. Just makes it so much more accessible. And I'm telling you, you, you you'll get a quicker response to your films. If you do it. So hopefully that's something that more studios will start to go to. And like I said, if you need to create a magnet releasing app, go ahead and do so. Have the films that you already have in your collective, which are great. Alamo Draft House has already done it with theirs. And then have a separate screening room for your critics, for your people who are VIP maybe to have access to movies that you can watch right from the comfort of your home on a television. It's not that much to ask for. All right. So vampire movies are something that we all love. It's something that we 
have embedded in our heads as probably one of the reasons why we got into horror movies in the first place. While people have always had an affinity for zombie movies, supernatural movies, dark thrillers, I'd be pressed to find someone who has a fan, who's a, who is a fan of a horror movie that does not have a, a vampire movie that they don't like. Right? So it's nice when you get to talk to some guys who clearly were fans of vampire movies growing up and they've done some other things in their life and then they finally got the opportunity to do something that they love, which is make a vampire movie. So I got the opportunity to watch this campy little vampire romp called Hawk and Rev Vampire Slayers. Um, it is now out and available for you guys to check on demand. So when we're talking about these outlets like Prime, such and such, you can go on there right now and watch it. It stars Mr. Ryan Grimley as Hawk and Ari Schneider as Rev. And uh, Ryan also directed the film. Um, I believe uh, Ari helped with producing the movie as well. And I got the chance to talk to these gentlemen about the pandemic, the world that we're living in right now. Of course, Hawk and Red Vampire Slayers, their characters, where they came from. And more than anything, we just got to talk about life, which is what I enjoy about what we do with the podcast version of these interviews. So, we're going to spend the next 15 minutes on this interview with both Hawk and Rev for their film, Hawk and Rev Vampire Slayers, available now for you guys to get on demand. So sit back, take a listen, and uh, yeah, enjoy. And of course, you know, stuff's not working right the first way. So, and yes, I did enjoy the film. It was a lot of fun. Um, like I said, it's another one of these late night movies um, that we're seeing all over the place. Yes. And, and, and uh, yeah, know, so here we go. Continuing this. Hawk and Rev interview right amazing here. Amazing coverage. Submissions and slashes. We'll be back. Uh, with like Grim 15. Fest, Fantasia, all these film festivals. People got to remember that there's already movies that have been in film festivals for the past couple of years, been out there grinding and they're now becoming available for you to watch on demand. And what better way to, to sit in a quarantine and we're going to get into all this fellas state of mind than to really just sit down and watch what I personally like to call just a good old vampire romp. You know what I mean? Just, just that straight up, like here's your people Here's your steeple. Go into the church and kill some people. You know what I mean? Like it's 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 what you grew up watching in regards to vampire films. But it's also that kind of reminder, in my opinion, that you don't need to to look any further into what a monster is or who who these characters are. It's just all about 
you know, just that reflection of who we all are as people who are kids still at heart that still want to be vampire slayers when we grow up. So I'm talking to Ryan Grimley and uh, Ari Schneider uh, and these two gentlemen, Hawk and Rev is what you may want to call them when you see them on the streets. And I got some Halloween costume stuff to talk to you guys about too. Okay. Um, we got you guys live on the Smishes and Slashes. How we doing, fellas? How we doing? Awesome, awesome. Well, we're going to be talking about Hawk and Rev, Vampire Slayers, which is a movie hitting the VOD right now. So if you got Voodoo, if you got Amazon Prime, you got all those iTunes, you got those outlets, you get on there right now, you get your download on. And when you see the cover or trailer or anything for the film, one of the things that I think people will get right off the bat is, you guys already set the the fame, the mood, the tone right right from the get go with all the direction you went with the movie. Like this is another great example of what I've been explaining to a lot of friends the past couple of weeks. Of there's all these great late night movies coming back out, you know, um, and it's it's just awesome to be able to talk to two gentlemen in the independent world, because what a lot of people don't know of why I started this podcast in the first place is because I do have a lot of friends that only watch mainstream porn. So they don't, they don't understand that independent lifestyle, that there are people behind the scenes that have been sleeping in cars, staying in boyfriend and girlfriend's houses for way too long <laughs> and doing and borrowing way too much money from people to get these movies made. So fellas, before we jump into Hawk and Red Vampire Slayers and talk about Ari, I'm going to kick into you first, brother. And then, you know, Ryan, you jump in after. First and foremost, I'm a people person, man. So how you doing, man, with the pandemic, with COVID, with, with, with what's going on in this? I know, bro. Like, I just feel like just real quick, how's family? How's, how's everybody doing, man? I can't complain. Family is healthy. Um, you know, I'm actually, this is the first time in gosh, what is it, six months when this all started, uh, that my wife and, and my, my 18-month-old son, they actually are in Virginia visiting her family. Okay, 18 so, months, brother? Congratulations, man. Thank you. I got a 12-year-old, man, so. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I, so, yeah, I, that's just fire to I'm looking, you know, that's that seems very far away. Right now. It ain't. Um, it ain't, bro. <laughs> I will say he's growing like crazy. He's yeah. amazing. He's the best. Um, but it's weird because I, I get the house to myself for the next uh, week or so. And um, I've been in like this protective, like protector mode, you know, even mm-hmm. though, what am I, you know, like I want to protect them from COVID. Right. Right. You know what I mean? But like you have that, there's that father, like husband thing. I yes. protect. But they're in Virginia and they're fine. They're with family, they're healthy. So I've been like, all right, this is great. I'm going to have all this time to do work and stuff. And I'm noticing that like, I, that, that fatigue is still there. Mm-hmm. And that like, it doesn't just go away. That like this feeling of like, this focus, you know what I mean? Of yeah. Like, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And I have gotten a lot of things done, but it's still there, man. It's, yeah. It, yeah, you checking in with everybody, I think it's just, I mean, the best thing. Because I think this is universally, we're all feeling right. something. Right. And um, so, in answer to your question, yeah, I, you know, I'm present. I'm That's good, here, man. But, uh, uh, but it's been interesting. That's good, it's man. Been, I'm happy yeah. to hear that, bro. Yeah, like for yeah. sure, Ryan. What about you, man? Like, like you, you doing good, man. You, you, you're looking like you're well. You're looking like you also might have had a couple, couple glasses of some red wine here and there. But hey, right? How you doing, bro? So my my wife and my four year old daughter are kept up with us. Okay. 
years. Okay. Kind of been living uh, a little weird life to begin with, like mm-hmm. with the new intrusions and all of this kind of stuff, and be really careful about you know sick kids at the school. We were already kind of doing a, a, a lesser version of this vibe, uh, which totally threw me for a loop when we first started going through it. But now, like you know, early in March, I was like, oh, this is not what." Good. We gotta pull the kids out. Let's, yeah. Let's start getting stuff delivered. And I, I kind of, um, I felt like because I had that prep period of a couple of years of sort of slowly ingesting mentally what the, the fragility of our family, mm-hmm. that maybe I was a little better prepared for it. So you already had toilet paper and everything. You were ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm like a. For sure. (laughs) (laughs) I had uh, a lot of cans of, uh, you know, lentil soup and stuff in the back of the cupboard. And, and, um, and, you know, I guess I'm Mario will attest to the the level of introspection I usually live in my life. So, so, I mean, I've been kind of trying to stay healthy. What I really feel bad for is like the folks who are not as lucky Right. I mean, yeah, we're out there risking their lives, you know, to deliver food. And yeah. Any tip your tip tip those people tip well. Everybody. They deserve it more so than any. Right, and and where and when you go out and meet these people, put your damn mask on and go meet these people. Like, don't be an asshole. Like, that's yeah, and that's that's pretty much like you know, Ari, you got a a little one up like that's you're raising right now, and and Ryan, you got a twelve year old just like I do, and. Uh, one of my best friends said that the, I think it's the best thing about being a parent. And I, and, and I think, Ryan, you could probably attest to this, too. It's just I'm just trying not to raise any assholes. And then so, like, when we do these things as parents and like you said, Ari, as we become protectors, like yeah. it's, it's those little things like that that make sure we don't raise little assholes in this world. Man. So I'm, I'm, I'm for sure. Right. Yeah. For sure, and we and we want these good people to see your movie, also. You know what I'm saying? Yes, so yes. no, I'm I'm exactly yeah. yeah yeah exactly. And I'm look, I'm serious though. Uh, I, that's a real check in with you guys because man, I you like I I've been all around the world. You guys have traveled, and, and you know, and it's just it's sometimes hard to. We're creative souls, so we can get into our projects and. We, I think we all kind of, you know, even without compromised family members, unfortunately, like Ryan has, we, we all kind of have already been in that little introverted shells, kind of finishing our little task and making our movies and getting it done. So I, I don't know if you guys would agree with me on this statement and both you guys feel free to chime in, but doesn't it seem like, just as Ryan was mentioning in regards to his family, doesn't it seem like the horror movie fan the horror movie creative doesn't seem like we were we we're already just a little bit more prepared for this type of lifestyle than everyone else. What do you guys think about that? Well, yeah, I, 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 I was saying it yesterday. Uh, I, I knew things were getting crazy when uh, I was driving through the valley here, and there's this one like four block stretch where there's all these gun shops. Right. And I was 
driving through there. Flying. There were lines around the block, and I was like, holy oh, shit, dude. It's like the beginning of a zombie movie. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm, a, I'm already, a, like, I'm a fairly anxious human being in general. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I like to come off that I'm pretty cool and laid back, but people get to know me pretty quickly and they can see me. I'm, I'm a pretty sensitive, mm-hmm. insecure, you know, I, I'm very aware of all those things. So when it started happening, you know, I immediately, like, like before the mask, you know, people were debating about the masks. I'm like, masks, yes, masks. I yes. care. What it is, even if they say not still we're just masks. Right. You know, it seems to be working well in other things. So I <laughs> yes. definitely want to fit Doomsday because um, you know, we live in a also, you know, uh I, I, we live in, in South Central and it's been and I mean it it it, it the, the because of the um you know, certain poverty levels here and stuff like that, you know, people are are, are um it's rough, man. Yeah. It's it's it's, it's t- you know, people have been I will say People have been very, uh, in recent months, been very smart wearing masks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I have been, just because it's a little closer, you know, packed together and stuff like that, um, I go from one neighborhood to the other and I and I I see people in big neighborhoods and suburban neighborhoods being a little bit more lackadaisical because yeah. there's more space. But yeah. I'm like, you're not setting a good example. No. You guys got to keep that. Uh, and work is goddamn busy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, exactly. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I'm grateful for I'm grateful that we're, we're healthy. I'm grateful that we have a house here. I'm great. You know, we have awesome neighbors. This is you know great people. But we have seen people on the street disappear. You know, yeah. They, they, they have gone to the hospital. Not yep. Come back. Not so come back. Very yeah. real. It's real. It's very yeah. real. And um, uh, I forgot what the point was, but I didn't mean to get that. That, <laughs> that I just uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Absolutely. My wife, you know, my wife is good because she, she, she hears, she only needs to hear things once. I need to hear things like 20 times. Mm-hmm. So, again, so I'll say something on the news and then I'll be like, hey, did I tell you about this? And she's like, I, I, I got yeah, it. <laughs> so, calm down. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, yeah. that's, I mean, it's, it's one of those things that I think people, like I said, we're this create these already creative souls who've already been attached to so many yeah. things that now we even have to kind of open up our eyes a little bit and look outside of our own bubbles and say, damn, like it, we, but I think it forces us, like you were saying Ari earlier to stay hungry. Like, even though this is over, like, I'm like, I'm ready, man. Like, let's keep this going. Like what's the next project? Uh, Like what's ready to go. And that's what I think kind of resonated with, you know, with me for Hawk and Rev when you're talking about, as these two characters combine, because these is this is your classic like two kids who grew up way close to like strip mall life. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's way too much. As I as a guy who used to fight, it's way too much like strip mall kung fu going on in the backgrounds of these kids' upbringing. You know what I'm saying? Like way too many. Like I, I picture Hawk and Rev growing up in areas with a lot of Aerostar bands and. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So let's let's talk about these characters a little bit and how you guys brought them to life and, and how the whole idea of Hawk and Rev Vampire Slayers came to be. And like, I, first off, and I'm going to jump into you first, Ryan, and ask, like, is it fair to say Hawk's an asshole? Because, like, <laughs> even though, you know, you're, there's people you want to root for in a the film, there's, there's, you know, there's, there's teams but even within teams, we sometimes take sides. And, you know, I'm not trying to say that I'm more Team Rev than, 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 than Team okay. Hawk. Okay. But 
it, I, I feel like I have to go that way right off the bat because I feel like if I met Hawk somewhere without the realm of this movie, I probably would have beat him up. Like, honestly. So, <laughs> so, so tell me a little bit, Ryan, about this character and then also tell me about your side of the inception of Hawk and Red Vampire Slayer. Hawk, Hawk is like a bunch of these guys out of like the high school. <laughs> right. who, who are like, starting fights with people and, and and they weren't that good at that Okay, so as we finish up the last 20 minutes of the show, we're going to be talking about a little bit of news you guys should know. Um, the gentleman over at Mondo, you guys hear me talk about Mondo all the time. They've released this Disney Shadow Kingdom 2 player card game. 
So for all you guys out there that are fans of games like, I guess, Magic the Gathering and stuff like this, this is right up on your alley. Uh, we posted some news about this yesterday. Um, it's uh, a role play game involving some cards. And um, coming from Mondo, I'm not surprised that it looks fantastic and it's got someone as prevalent as Disney attached to the project. So uh, if you want any more information, hop up on our Horror Movies Uncut, uh, which eventually will be H-M-U-N-C-U-T.com and check out what we have on there. But right now, go on the Facebook page and you have a direct link to the website as we're still building the new Horror Movies Uncut, just returning everything back to its normal state. Um, Invicta, we talked about Invicta earlier tonight with some of the girls and some of the girls that are fighting on the UFC card for tomorrow. And, um, they have decided to up their testing efforts to make sure that their fighters are safe, um, as they continue their careers and as they continue to grow the Invicta brand. Um, you have to give a lot of credit to Shannon and them. There was a lot of people that didn't think Invicta would be here right now, but yet here they are getting ready to have another event coming up here pretty soon. Invicta 42, which is taking place next weekend. Um, Ashley Cummins is on that um, main event. Um, Eurofins is the name of the company and international leader in laboratory testing services. So Invicta has hooked up with Eurofin to make sure their fighters are getting the best COVID-19 testing that is available. So big ups to Shannon and all of them for that. Um, Don't forget that um, there is another Bellator card tomorrow, Bellator 246. As I was mentioning earlier, you got people like Deanna Bennett on that card. Um, It's going to be a lot of fun on that card uh, with Archuleta and mix as the main event. Possessor is a movie that I watched uh, this week. Um, And I'll just be completely honest with you guys. Um, Neon Films, like they're doing a really, really good job of just constantly delivering um, some great films. Uh, Their distribution is, is, is coming like out of this world um a gentleman that i've talked about before plenty of times in articles on horror movie uncut is brandon cronenberg uh, we, we all know who is father david uh the sci-fi director uh he's followed in dad's footsteps um i was personally a big fan of the movie anti-viral i know a lot of people didn't enjoy it uh, but i did Now he's got his next film, Possessor, which will be hitting theaters and drive-ins on October 9th. Uh, A couple weeks ago, we mentioned the film, told you guys we'd be getting a copy of it. And um, yeah, we're very, very much looking forward to you guys checking out this film. It is a very, very visceral film. Um, It is one of the films that I am going to be pretty much popping up on the list of must-see movies, possibly um, best films of the year type list uh, for 2020. So look for an official review for Possessor as we get close to the release date, which is October 9th. So just give us a couple weeks 
and we'll tell you everything you need to know about the little film that's involving Jennifer Jason Lee, Andrea Risenborough, Christopher Abbott, Ross Sutherland, Tupence Middleton, Sean Bean. Uh, I mean, the cast alone is no joke. You guys are going to definitely love this. Uh, one of the things that I've been telling people that I've been seeing the film is there is a comic book by the name of Hardcore. Uh, it is in my apartment right now, but not within my reach. And I don't want too much dead air because we've already had enough tonight. Uh, but it is kind of along the similar, you know, storyline. So I'm very, very much looking forward to telling you guys all about Possessor. So some of the movies that I'm looking forward to, um, Spiral, which is going to be hitting Shudder. Uh, we'll be popping up a review for that here. And the next week, we also have to finish up our Grimfest coverage. So you guys will be getting the interviews in the next two days and the reviews in the next two days from the Unhealer crew, 10 Minutes to Midnight crew, and so on. Um, and then you'll be hearing some information about a new movie hitting Shudder uh, September 14th. So that is coming up very, very soon, folks, next week. Um, and we are so excited. We kind of mentioned a little bit about Spiral. Um, but what we're going to do is actually give you guys the full breakdown and review of the film in its own entirety by its lonesome before the film comes out. So look for a special edition of the Submission Slashers podcast. We call these HMU Reviews, and it is just going to be about the film Spiral and nothing else. So we're looking forward to kicking off into that series of stuff for you guys, just to add a little bit more content as we look to constantly grow the podcast. Okay, so the film will be out on September 14th. I mean, on the 17th, uh, but by the 14th, we'll be dropping a little review out for you guys to listen to, to let you know if you should check out the movie or not. And I got a feeling you're going to want to. And if you still don't have Shudder, seriously, don't know what you're waiting on. All right. Animals and people. There's a... Uh, as a friend of mine told me tonight, there's an allegory between how we perceive animals are living when we eat them and make them pets and, you know, cage them up. But it would be interesting to see how we would feel if we were on that side of the equation. And, um, the new French horror film that just got picked up by Black Mandalay, and you know they pretty much only go after some pretty spectacular things. And I look, guys, I apologize that I always say words like pretty and lately all the time. It's just I'm off the cusp with all this stuff, and I'm I'm trying to make sure that I just keep it as entertaining as possible. So just bear with me. But, yes, I do repeat words a lot. I'm like, yeah, yeah, from uh, The Sandlot. I get it. OK, uh, but the movie comes from Baptiste Rouviere. He's going to probably fucking kill me because I just destroyed his name. Uh, associate producer, good friend of ours, Nicholas Onetti. Um, if you've been following 
the horror movies uncut family for some time with our website, um, you know that we've highlighted plenty of Nicholas Onetti's uh, features in regards to some of his short Italian giallo slasher films. So I was super excited when I saw his name attached to this project. Um, but this might be another film that I'm looking at as a potential top film of the year because not only does it look great, it looks terrifying just because I think the concept is just so great. So think, okay, people, what they do on a normal day-to-day basis, like hunting, fishing, um, cooking, what do we do as people, right? And what's involving the animals? Well, imagine you are now the deer out in the middle of the woods and there's a tall figure in the distance with a shotgun pointed at you and it's not a human or is it a human? Well, I'm not sure because it has the head of a deer. You know what I'm saying? So it's pretty interesting concept. And from the visuals and the trailer that we posted today, it looks great. The balance of power between man and animal is reversed in this film. Um, French horror has always been a favorite of mine. Uh, they have they, There's no give or take. No holds back, no holds bar in regards to the violence and the gore. So, you know, I'm down. I can't wait to see it. The movie is called Anonymous Animals, and it's going to be premiering at the Stages Film Festival, which probably is going to be virtual. But I think there's a possibility that there's going to be some people in attendance, kind of like there was some people in attendance this week at the Toronto International Film Festival. And you know what? The people are just going to have to wear a mask, but at least they can go in and watch the films in the theater. So yeah, two films that I'm super excited about for you guys to hear about and see that could be attached to some of the other films that a lot of people were talking about as potential movies of the year. Um, This early into September, I would hate to give any predictions of movie of the year. Um, Fried Berry is definitely in there right now. Um, Some of the other movies that people were mentioning, Ritual, stuff like that, uh, while they're great and they're a lot of fun, Um, Like I said, I'm still kind of holding off because I knew we were going to have a shitload of movies coming our way. And there's so many more on the way, too. So I'm going to hold off a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I'm telling you, just off of the trailer alone, this anonymous animals. I can't wait to see what's going on with this film. So look for some information coming up on that relatively soon. Um. And look for us to be talking to someone from the horror, I mean, from the fighting world pretty soon, because I know we've been doing a lot of talking to directors and film people in the horror movie world, and we want to make sure we're trying to keep an equal balance. So um, I am at this moment trying to line up some more people like we got a chance to speak to Jamie Milanowski. Um, and, and, and keep it rolling, man, because here we are at episode number 15 
and uh, we're going to keep this train going. Um, me and my boy got us a fight October 10th in Abu Dhabi, and uh, we're going to make our way there, do some work for the UFC, let them know that we're serious about this and we're happy to be here, get a victory underneath our belt. And when we come back, the podcast keeps rolling and everything else keeps going on. So um, big shout out to Katie Armstrong, everybody from Uncorked Entertainment. Um, they've always been amazing with us. Uh, big Justin Thomas from back in the day, sending us all their stuff. They, uh, they Every once in a while, they stumble across some gems. So we're always thankful that they reach out to us about any new films. Um, the Devil to Pay is a feature that'll be kicking into drive-in theaters on October 2nd. I love saying that. Like, do you know how happy that makes me feel? Like, it's not just saying we'll be in theaters, saying in drive-in theaters, because that makes me know that we're at a point right now where drive-in theaters may be here to stay. And if you live in a place that has warm weather or somewhat mild, and I'm hoping we even do it here where we're located in Missouri, keep drive-ins open all the way into Christmas time, bro. So we can go see Christmas horror movies and regular Christmas movies in the drive-in, right? Why not? Okay, so October 2nd and then hitting DVD and on demand October 6th. DVD is still the thing that I'm like, why are we still putting DVD stuff out there? So this film, which is a reckoning, comes from the writers of the movie Becky. After the disappearance of her husband, Lemon, a struggling farmer in an isolated Appalachian community, must repay her husband's debt to the oldest family on the mountain and their murderous biscuit-making matriarch in order to save her young son's life. Armed with only her wits and tenacity, Lemon must unravel the mysteries her husband left behind or lose everything she's ever loved. So this looks like a great, um, not necessarily spaghetti Western, but, you know, um, for sure more of a classic dark, thriller Western type of a film. And it's got a very violent looking young African-American goddess on the cover. So I am there and I will be reaching out to Katie and everyone about this film and hopefully maybe get a chance to interview Miss Lemon. Uh, the film is directed by uh, Ruckus and Lane Sky, and it stars Daniel De Deadweiler, Catherine Dyer, Jason Warren Smith, Brad Carter, Luce Reigns, Adam Boyer, Charles Black, uh, Parissa Johnson, Tim Habger, and Ezra Aslam. Film is called The Devil to Pay. And uh, yeah, we're going to be popping out some news on that on the website tomorrow, which includes the trailer. All right, folks, we're coming up to the final five minutes of our show. So what we're going to do is we're going to kick into a little bit more music, the final music from the band that we've been playing tonight, Once Upon a Flatline. Once again, these guys are what is called a theoretical rock horror group, uh, and they are out of New York City. Um, they are a post-hardcore group, so think that they do a lot of screaming, like, rah, rah, rah. But then they also have someone that does more melodic vocals and stuff. And, you know, I was hanging out with some friends 
um, over the weekend up in Kansas City, giving you guys some submissions and slashers and things from Kansas City. And yeah, you know, um, a lot of people aren't always fans of the what you would call post-punk society, but I have always been one. Um, I will always be down. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to play that one song again that we played at the very, very beginning of the show. And um, the name of that particular song is called For the Wretched of the Earth. And they have a new video out, just got released just a week ago. But this is the Mrs. The Slashers. Once upon a flatline, one more time for the Wretched of the Earth. And we'll be back with some closing thoughts and news. Thank <laughs> you. 
Yeah. All right. That once again is once upon a flatline for wretched earth folks. It has been a pleasure to speak to you tonight on Friday. Uh, as we do the pre-recorded, we're going to be going ahead and popping this out here in the next half an hour. So you guys can listen to it. Um, tune in next week as we will have some more updated news on some more films. Make sure you're staying on the new horror movies uncut website page so that you can check out some of these amazing interviews that will be dropping here in the next 48 hours as we wrap up our Grimfest coverage from last week. And we look forward to talking to you guys about some of the upcoming fights, especially this one that's happening Saturday night. So once again, it is your boy. I am out. This is the Submissions and Slashers podcast. We will catch you guys next week. Thanks again to Ari Schneider, Ryan Grimley, Once Upon a Flatline. And thanks to you, Hell, and be well.